0: Welcome to the second episode of the Bowhunting Soul podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me again. Uh, this episode is going to be uh, kind of a you know, why, why I hunt, why I bow hunt, and specifically why I really got you know attracted to traditional archery and you know uh, my kind of love affair with it for the, for the last uh, several years. Um, in the very first episode. I think uh, I mentioned that I didn't grow up in a hunting family and, uh, you know, people ask how did you get into hunting? Well, I mean, as a kid, I was always like into the outdoors, um, you know, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, that kind of stuff. I was always in the knives, you know, um, in, 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 a, in, in a healthy kind of like uh, outdoorsy fascination way, not like in a creepy, you know, do any kind of harm kind of way. But um, I've always liked being outdoors. I love camping. I love doing all that stuff. And I think naturally, I just kind of g- gravitated towards doing more things outdoors. Um, back in 90, like the early to mid-90s, I was living in Delaware. And uh, my buddy Brian and I, we decided one day, I don't know how we decided on this, but we decided that we were going to uh, go and take up trap shooting. There was a range there might still be a public range there's a state-run range in delaware called Omalanden range and uh i'm pretty sure it's still around and they had a lot of really good trap and skeet and sporting clays and that kind of stuff and uh we decided one day that we were going to go and kind of liked it i can't remember the exact details about who who approached to like hey should we do this or why we even decided to take up you know shotguns or whatever but he bought a mossberg 500 i bought a remington 870 and off we went and uh, we had some good times. We had some good times, uh, you know, trap shooting, skeet shooting, that kind of stuff. And uh, sooner or later, uh, Brian's brother, cr- younger brother, Craig, who's also a good friend, he kind of joined the mix. And then we would all go, and, and, and somewhere down the line there, we decided that we were going to take up hunting. Um, again, not sure who suggested uh, that we do that and why, but it seemed like a good idea. So we went and did the hunter, hunter safety stuff and... Um, you know, we were always pretty good about safety and things like that with it, so you know we didn't have any uh, worries about you know one person being ir- irresponsible or whatever tromping through the woods. But you know there was a decent amount of public land back then. Again, this is almost you know over 25 some years ago, probably um, again 90. I'm going to say like 92, three, four, somewhere around there. Um, we used to go. Uh, if, if any of you guys are listening that are from the area, there's um, uh, a place called the C&D Canal. It's kind of close, uh, you know, down you know, mid-state, I guess, uh, near, near-ish the, um, you know, Maryland border, or at least there was, you know, the bridge to the Maryland, uh, to the Maryland side. And uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I, I'm guessing at this point that, that place is probably uh, all subdivisions in like a Target or something like that, you know, or Walmart. It'd, it'd be, be kind of sad, but we used to go four-wheeling there all the time, we used to go, you know, it was public, it was open. Uh, we used to go hunting down there, and we had, mild luck I'm gonna say you know we shot a couple rabbits we shot uh, some doves uh, no deer Uh, we shot um, uh, squirrels and by the way back then we didn't really know anything about how to cook a squirrel and uh, if you want to turn somebody off on squirrel hunting for a long long time uh, go shoot a couple squirrels and then attempt to try and, uh, you know, gut it and attempt to try and skin it and then attempt to try and cook it. Remember, this is back in the, you know, mid 90s. We had no internet, no YouTube, no Google, no way to come up with good recipes. Like, the, you know, you can go to YouTube or Google or whatever. You can come up with like 200 different squirrel recipes nowadays. Well, back then, you know, it doesn't really work when you put a couple of these tree rats on a, on a, um, you know, aluminum uh, cookie sheet, you know, baking sheet, stick it in the oven for 350, and then, uh, and, and then, yeah, it just wasn't that good bone in, you know. Um, no amount of barbecue sauce could uh, could make that thing very, very palatable. I remember uh, ordering takeout after that and uh, not really tree, uh, 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 squirrel hunting for a while. <clears throat> so fast forward a few more years, and for some reason, I think it was Craig and I, the, the younger brother, we decided to go get bows. Um, again, no idea whose idea it was. It was just like a natural progression because they had an archery range at the uh, at the range we used to go to. We thought, well, hey, why not? So I ended up with a PSE Nova. It was a 55 pound PSE Nova. Uh, if you know this bow, it's... Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing this is gonna be about 97, 98, somewhere around there. Um, they they go by different names I think or you know bows of that era the PSEs they kind of they kind of look similar ish you know as a compound you know whe- wheel bow you know round round cams you know round wheels and uh, yeah you know no no draw stop uh, shooting off like those really crappy like two finger like uh, prong you know finger rests you know that uh, you adjust the angle of them they're kind of curved fingers you adjust the the, the angle of them. For, uh, for height and for supporting the arrow. It was absolutely terrible. They got set screws, and anybody that ever uses a set screw knows that once you put it in a couple times, it makes a dimple or a crater in the thing you're trying to lock in. And if you try to make a micro-adjustment, well, it doesn't work. It just rolls whatever you're trying to adjust back into the dimple, into the groove. It, just terrible. Um, had a, like a three-brass pin, three pin like, uh, sight. Uh, I think for the first year or so, I didn't even have a release. Just, you know, just learning to show. We didn't I didn't know anything. Did not know anything. Didn't know about arrows, didn't know about bow setup, didn't know even how to shoot the damn thing. Um, was doing pretty, pretty terrible. And had that for maybe like a couple of years, but I mean I was again, even back then I was traveling a lot, working a lot, and I didn't really um, get all that into it. And then I kind of stopped hunting because I got into racing and I moved away from there and Uh, a lot of my hobbies went away. Hunting being one of them. I left my bow back, uh, you know, back there and I, you know, didn't even shoot my shotgun or anything like that for, I'm going to say a good, I'm going to say almost 10 years. Um, I didn't really do anything outdoorsy because I just kind of gave up hunting. I I, I don't know why. It was more because, you know, I didn't have time and had other, other stuff and um, I don't know, for a whole host of reasons. So fast forward to about 2006 or seven, and uh, I, I did, the, the bug struck me again to kind of take up hunting. I'm living in Minnesota now at this point, and there is a lot of public land. There's a lot going on. There's a big deer hunting culture here. There's a big hunting culture in general, whether it's waterfowl, uh, big outdoor culture, you know, uh, fishing and ice fishing and things like that still will not get me to go on on ice by the way i will i refuse to walk onto a frozen puddle of death no thank you but um i wanted to be outdoors so uh i had actually ended up selling that 870 and i bought another 870 which was uh you know post like you know early 2000s manufacture into that thing was absolutely junk um not going to get too deep into remington's woes but there's no way in hell I'd buy a Remington anything anymore. Um, they're just absolute garbage. Uh, they jam, the tooling is terrible, the craftsmanship is terrible, they lost a lot of good people that knew what the hell they were doing when they moved uh, when they moved states. So anyway, right now I do have an 870 Express from like back in 81. I bought an older one and I love it. Anyway, so I, uh, I originally took up squirrel hunting and, and small game hunting here because I really didn't know where to go for deer and what to do for it. And I had my buddy, uh send me my bow put new strings cables all that stuff on it at a local archery shop over here and started shooting it well after a while I'm like well you know what I got the hankering sorry about that I uh, got a phone call so uh anyway um what was I saying oh so I got the hankering for a a better bow and um you know n- not because I thought I would be able to shoot better maybe I did I don't know back back then I probably thought I was a little more naive about uh, you know the, the, the ability of a bow and versus, you know, your ability, uh, you know, so I, anyway, I, I sold a bunch of stuff and, um, I traded up for a, uh, 2011 elite pure. Now, um, this bow is probably one of like the smoothest bows that elites ever done. Uh, I think I got this in like 2012 probably cause it was, it wasn't like a brand new, brand new model, uh, brand new model bow. <coughs> Excuse me. And I got that bow and man, I tell you, I loved it. Um, I think originally I, I was shooting with a Whisker biscuit. Nothing wrong with a Whisker biscuit. Uh, it was a 70 pound bow, um, you know, 29 inch draw, a little bit long for me. Uh, super easy to, you know, super easy to pull. But man, um, I, I, I kind of struggled a little bit with it because it, it didn't fit me just right. But I shot the ever living crap out of that thing. Um, it's really easy to shoot, really fun, um, really smooth. So it's a 36-inch ATA, uh, actual actual axle bow. And I really then started diving in into how to tune, how to shoot, how to do things right, how to, you know, do my own stuff. And on that bow, I learned how to do all that stuff. Um, whether it's tying on, uh, you, know, tie, you know, tying your peep in or tying a D-loop or, put, you know, installing a, I've got a drop-away rest on there, uh, how to tune um, your center shot and bear shaft tuning and walk-back tuning and paper tuning and... Uh, you know, what every little thing, you know, how everything affects it. Um, somewhere along the line, I got, uh, I got the bug to kind of customize it. And, um, I, you know, I traded up for some different cams. I got 28 inch cams instead of the 29s. They actually fit me better. Uh, I got some lighter limbs cause in the meantime, I'd actually bought another elite. It was a Z28, beautiful bow. Uh, and I did end up selling that bow because I was trying to free up some cash, uh, when I was getting into, uh, Uh, the recurve thing, but um, yeah, I took it apart, had it uh, it hydro dipped in a a camo that that really kind of struck my fancy. I thought, I I love the thing. Again, I got a video on it. You guys uh, go check it out. It's, uh, uh, you know, I'll I'll never get rid of this thing. Um, You know, put my own limbs on there and strings and this and that. And I actually just learned how to do all this stuff. And I love that bow because I can pick it up. And I can shoot really well, and I love squirrel hunting with it. I love squirrel hunting. I love small game hunting, and I can pick that thing up and you know knock a tree, knock a squirrel out of a tree at like 30 yards. There's something, you know, very uh, like satisfying about being able to like hit something with su- with such precision. Um, the bad thing is I can pick that bow up, you know, once every six months, and that's it. I'll take like a half a dozen shots, a dozen shots, and then you know I'm I'm, I'm drilling where I want to be drilling, and then there's there's no there's no other feedback. Now uh, I'm gonna get into why I like traditional, and segue into that a li- in a little bit here, but you know a lot of people say, man, you know when you pick up a uh, a um, a traditional bow, you know you've got. Um, uh, you, you got the added satisfaction of you know doing it all yourself. You know it's a different sati- it's a more of a satisfaction than just picking up a compound. Well, I get satisfaction out of a compound, but I get satisfaction out of um, actually making all those mechanical things and all the technical things work together and sorting them out and figuring it out and having the best possible mechanical contraption. And I'm not talking. Don't, I don't mean to use the word contraption in, in, in a negative way but it is a mechanical contraption and having all those pieces work properly, you know, your, your drop away rest, your, you know, your peeps got, you know, not, not twisting and not aligned that's at the right height and your D loop and your knock height and um, center shot and all this, and your cam timing, all these things take skill and take some knowledge and take some experience to do right. And I get great satisfaction in building that thing and putting it together so I have the absolute most perfect, everything else is working, and and then I got to work on me. With that being said, I do think that it is so much easier to just pick up a compound, especially for a new person, and go to the range and be hunting accurate probably within the hour. Now, um, some people may disagree with that, Now, I shoot at a local uh, range over here. Uh, It's um, a shout-out to a Cabin Fever Sporting Goods in Victoria, Minnesota. Uh, Great shop. They don't deal a whole lot with traditional. They've got, you know, a couple Samick stages here and there. Um, But, uh, you know, I usually end up shooting there, like, in the morning, 6 o'clock, you know, a few times a week. There's nobody there in the mornings like that. I kind of have the place, you know, the whole range to myself, 20 yards. Um, But every now and then, you know, someone will come in and they're, you know, they're, they're new. And the shooting range, the line is close enough to, you know, to the counter, to the bow counter there where, you know, you go over here conversations and things like that. So just even the other day, you know, a guy came in fresh off the street. His buddy brought him in. I think he'd shot his buddy's bow like maybe once or twice, but he'd never shot a bow before, wanted to get into bow hunting. And, I mean, I'm telling you, within... Him walking through the door and having that initial conversation to them, setting him up with, uh, you know, one of the bows in there just to kind of, you know, um, to, to try and get a feel for it. And, and to their credit, they're a great bow shop. They're not going to try and sell like the brand new Hunter, like a $2,000 carbon, you know, carbon bow. Um, you know, was, I overheard, you know, almost all of it. They'll steer him toward the mid-range stuff or the entry-level stuff. And, you know, they'll say, okay, well, you know, here's your draw length. Here's, here's the poundage. You know, they'll get, they'll get it close. They can't exactly fit everything that needs to be fit to, to a shooter, you know, in, in like five or ten minutes. You know, they'll get them close to see how they like a certain bow. <coughs> Excuse me. And then um, they'll, they'll, they'll say, okay, here's some arrows and here's a D loop or, or here's a, um, uh, a, wrist, a wrist release. And there it is, 20 yards, you know, take some shots. And, you know, I'm there watching, like, during all of this, and within, you know, like, 20 minutes, half an hour, this guy was shooting probably, I'm going to say, pie plate gr- pie plate groups of 20 yards, which is, you know, enough to kill a deer. Now, that's, you know, in controlled circumstances, indoors, um, your perfect lighting, standing at the line, perfect, you know, there's no deer, there's no excitement, no nothing. But, point is, someone who's never, ever shot anything walks in, and in a half an hour is shooting, you know, with a couple adjustments, of course. You know, everyone holds a bow differently. Everyone sights a little bit differently. So they may be grouping, like, kind of high, uh, high and right, high and left, whatever. Usually they tend to group high for some reason. I don't know why. But, um, you know, a couple adjustments here and there. But the groups themselves are about, like, pie plate size. Now, that's not bad for your first half hour ever picking up a, a compound bow. Now, I'm sitting there going... A, that's great because it can get someone in and shooting relatively quickly. But B, it's like man, it took me almost three years to shoot that well with my recurves, with my traditional bows. I shoot better than that now, even. I shoot a lot. I shoot a lot better than than pipe plate in most days. But um, yeah, this it just just the amount of effort that it takes for someone. To pick up a compound and be proficient versus someone shooting a traditional bow is like night and day difference. You know, I'm not sure if he ended up buying that bow and if he did great, another bow hunter, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for some, anyone else getting in the sport. Um, but, you know, you got to wonder with, you know, every person that buys a bow, they don't all have to be like nuts like me about the, the, the minutia of tuning and fine tuning and things like that. You don't have to geek out on all that stuff. But I do really wish that uh, a lot of these things would be explained a little bit better about, you know, arrow spine and arrow builds and front end weight and you know cam tuning and and, and this and that. And again, this is just this is just compound bows. So anyway, there I am shooting my uh, I think it was my fifty nine Kodiak, and I'm just I'm not shaking my head. I'm kind of smiling because he's having a great time. You know, but I'm just almost, in my, in my head, I'm shaking my head going, man, this guy is shooting as good as it took me three years to shoot with my recurve. Now, a lot of people will pick up a, a trad bow and just be naturals at it. I was not that guy. I had to work a lot. Now it comes a way more naturally to me. I don't have to think about a whole lot of stuff, but I went through a whole iteration of how to shoot and how to hold and how to do certain things. So I guess this is a good segue for that. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, when I had my compound and you know I had, some su- I had, I had success with that thing, I shot a bunch of stuff with that thing, and you know I, can, I still have it. I don't want to get rid of it because I like shooting it. I have a lot of invested in it, I like looking at it, I like holding it, I like carrying it, but I like my trad bows better. Somewhere along the line, and I don't really know how or why I got the spark to uh, get a traditional bow. I think it's probably because when I, I, I might have seen a, uh, a traditional bow hunter magazine. Now, that magazine is awesome. Uh, at the time, I was reading a bunch of other uh, magazines, you know, bow hunting, um, you know, a bow hunter, Peterson's bow hunting, and a couple others, you know, this and that. But, I mean, after a while, it's like, man, these are all just regurgitated marketing junk. It's all it is, they're just regurgitating ad speak. Now, they'll, they'll sit there and tell you that, that they're not driven by um, advertisers and reviews and the things that they write aren't driven by. It's the same profile. It's the same. Even the story profile is the same every single freaking time. You know, they'll never say anything bad about I- any of their bows, any bow that they happen to have on on a shoot. They never will say, hey, this bow is like not nearly as good as last year's bow. They'll never tell you about that. And the gun and the gun writers do the same thing, too. Um you know, I, I, I'm into guns. Uh, I, I don't shoot them nearly as much as I used to. You know, I, I reload. I, I Like I said, I cast my own bullets, this, that, and the other. And all that stuff is fun. But, you know, I, I got to the point with gun magazines, too, where every rifle that came out, every gun that came every bullet that came out, wow, this is the latest and greatest, you know. And, you know, you hear these same people five, six years down the line, and they'll slip up in some sort of conversation or something else that you read. Oh, yeah, that was the biggest pile of crap ever. You know, so I mean, you have you have, you have no trust. I have no trust in anybody, uh, almost anybody in um, in the field of you know the magazines or anything like that. Uh, these guys are all you know. They go out. They get whisked away on the, to these private ranches to do these hunts. You know, by by whoever, whoever in the outdoor industry, whether it's a bow manufacturer whether it's like a clothing manufacturer or optics manufacturer or whatever. So these guys get these paid hunts on these you know primo, pristine, you know, managed, you know, farms uh, and they shoot these giant deer and they're never going to see anything bad about the product. They're never going to do that. Cause I mean, these things cost like five, six, you know, by the time it's done at some of these places between travel and all, every, all expenses paid each, each of these, you know, gun riders or, or, or bow riders or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's costing uh, whoever's sponsoring it like five, six grand a piece. They're never going to see anything bad about any of this stuff. And the articles were just, like I said, regurgitated marketing jargon. It was just garbage. So I stopped listening to it. But Bowhunter Magazine, or a traditional Bowhunter Magazine, is different. They might have uh, an interview with a bowyer here and there. But they're never doing, like, here's the latest and greatest bow. You know, traditional, and there are a lot, believe it or not, there's lots of, you know, the, the traditional archery and the traditional, uh, um, like, bull years are booming. Now, there's a lot of uh, people getting into it, a lot of younger guys getting into it, um, a lot of guys that have been to it for a long, long time. But you're never going to find in traditional bowhunter magazine this ad speak, this, this, this garbage about, you know, how this is the latest and greatest and last year's was garbage. They have actual hunting stories. And if you didn't actually if, if you took away the weapon, you know, I, I sure they, they, they mentioned at the end of the article, you know, such and such used, you know, this bow, this arrow, this this uh, uh, broadhead, and that's it. But during the entire uh, article, they're not sitting there saying, well, you know, as I raised up my, uh, you know, let's, let's just pick on Matthews. Why not? It doesn't matter. I can pick on any of them. Uh, as I raised up my Matthews and drew back with my Scott release and looked through my, you know, such and such, the drop away, my QAD dropaway drop away worked perfectly. I mean, you don't get any of that crap. OK, it's a hunting story. You learn you, you, you're whisked away to the time, the place, the environment, the feel. You know, you're, 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 you're in there with these people as they're telling the story about about this hunt, whether it's successful or whether it's not successful. And if you take away the weapon out of that, the hunting story that remains is still the hunting story. They might as well, I mean, they could have a 300 Win Mag in their hand, or they could have like a, you know, a, a self, you know, board bow that they made out of a, a, a piece of oak at, in, from Home Depot. The story is there, so that's why I like uh, bow ma- uh, traditional bowhunter magazine. And I think I saw—I I, I love the picture, like the the the, the, the image of a tradi- of an archer at full draw, usually with a recurve, because I think recurves are sexier. But you know that image of that guy—it could be like uh, an actual picture, or it can just be like a stick figure, it can be whatever. But of a person at full draw with a traditional bow, I love that image, and I wanted to I wanted to experience that and be that. Well. Uh, so along came the Samick Sage. I bought a Samick Sage. You can buy one of those out the door under $150 bucks from pretty much most of the pla- most places. You can, you know, Bass Pro, Cabela's, Three Rivers Archery, Lancaster, I- anywhere of these places, right? And you can get bows from down to 35 pounds to 55 pounds. And there's also, uh, you know, things like the Galaxy Ember and, and whatever other uh, 50 names that that bow goes by, like the um, something like Black Hunter or um, I don't know samic and 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 mandarin duck i think make you know some some pretty good you know entry level bowls. they're all great not a damn thing wrong with them and they're cheap to get into so i got a samic sage and um problem was now i didn't really have a lot of resources at the time or at least like like i do now even the last like five years i didn't have the resources to to kind of figure out how to shoot this thing and it was really really frustrating because as a person i'm not trying to you know brag or toot my own horn or whatever but a lot of times when I try something, I I, I'm, I, I usually succeed at it to a point that it, that it satisfies me. Like okay, yeah, I did pretty good at this. Um, I you know I'm not necessarily you know knocking like pennies out of the air or dimes out of there or anything like that. But um, anything I've tried, I've I, you know I have some level of success. Well, that did not come with a traditional bow. I was all over the place. Um, I, I didn't know what, I, I knew about arrows and, and, and spine and all that stuff, obviously from tuning my compounds. But I did not know, uh, you know, good arrow lengths, and good spines and good tip weights and things like that to be even in the ballpark Uh, i didn't know much about brace height tuning i didn't know much about uh you know knock height i didn't know much about you know how to hold and 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 anchor and and, i mean i tried everything i did the split finger i did three under i tried to to gun barrel down you know i tried high anchor low anchor Uh, i tried just kind of snap shooting and it was a really really tough go and I got to tell you, I gave up on traditional shooting you know, and trying to shoot a traditional bow twice. Uh, I put it down for a while. I sold it. Then I went and got another one and uh, tried to shoot that. Then I sold that one. Then I went and got another one. And finally, it, it started to kind of click when uh, I got that. Uh, I think it was another second Samick Sage. It was like a 40-pound bow. And but by this, and we're, and we're talking like we're several years into this now. And um now I'm pro- I've probably been into it. I'm gonna say this is my year four, and I'm probably I'm now at the point where I'm confident twenty yards at least at least again on a target that I can you know easily easily hit vitals you know with, like I'm say like four inch groups let's say at twenty yards. Now that's assuming I do everything right and I'm not in a weird contorted position or anything like that. My um, kind of sweet spot of like yeah I got this is like under 15 yards. 13 is my, my favorite, like under 10. Um, you know, I still, you know, you, you, gotta, you know, aim pretty low still. Um, 13 is just like right there. I don't even think about it. Now I'll get into, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into, uh, uh, how I aim and things like that and how I anchor in my shot process, uh, in, in another, in another episode. But the point what I'm trying to make with this is because it was so difficult, A, I didn't want to quit because it was kicking my butt and it really, really pissed me off that I, that, I, that I was not getting this, that I just wasn't getting any better or that I would have, you know, really inconsistent, um, you know, I might have, um, I might shoot at like 10 yards and I might get like three arrows, you know, high right and then two more in a group down left. Well, which one, which one's my group or, or why am I even not even in the center? Um, just simple things like that. But after, you know, shooting and reading and Googling and YouTubing and reading some more, and then at this point, podcasts came along, uh, whether it was, it was just regular hunting podcasts. And, and a lot of the traditional uh, hunting podcasts started to come along as well. Uh, the first one, obviously, was traditional bonding Wilderness podcast. And after that, you know, we had TradQuest. Um, you know, then we had The Push, which is amazing. Uh, the Push podcast is just, just fantastic. Um and uh, well we got a whole bunch of them now we got primitive pursuit stick bow chronicles uh, traditional outdoors uh, arrowheads is a new one i just started listening to so there's a lot out there there's a lot out there for someone new coming in to go back and listen to this 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 volume of stuff but even just like a few years ago there was only like one one or two and um it didn't really go into a lot of like tuning or or you know bow you know bow and arrow setup and things like that so a lot of things i tried I figured out on my own because I'm like, man, this is not working. And a lot of things that, um, that, that supposedly worked as far as like online calculators and things like that. First of all, don't talk to me about any of these online calculators, you know, from Three Rivers or any of this other. To me, it's absolute garbage. Some people actually have luck with this thing, but they suggest way too stiff a spine. I mean, way too stiff a spine. To be able to even be remotely close to what I need, and for most people too. Some people, you know, find it work, find it works, but um, to me, I'm sorry, Three Rivers, love you guys, but that thing needs to go away, it needs to be scrapped. It's absolute junk. So I think that does more of a disservice to people trying to get into this because they'll go buy a bunch of arrows that are like a spine range or even two spine ranges, way too stiff, and they'll try to, you know, be shooting like a 400 spine arrow with a, you know, with a 125 grain tip, you know, out of like a 45 pound bow. Sorry. No, uh, you know, you're 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 off by like two spine ranges at least, so or at least one. So you know, I I had to figure that stuff on my own. I had to figure out, uh, you know, what j- just the differences of what, you know, cutting an arrow to different lengths does, uh, and how just just vastly it, it affects um, the dynamic, you know, spine and the flight of of that arrow from what I was shooting, um, you know swapping out inserts sw- swapping out broad you know or, or tip weights things like that they all make a difference uh you know thing uh, knock height brace height shelf material you know side plate material uh depending how much you know how, how far the, the the window was cut on, on a certain bow all that stuff makes a difference and all that stuff i tried and, and learned by trial and error. And I'm still, you know, learning some stuff. Right now I'm going through a grip modification on one of my older bows. It's a, it's a Kodiak Magnum. Uh, I kind of messed around with it. I was trying to get better aeroflight and it was too high it was like a too high-wristed grip. I wanted something more low wrist. And um, I bought some like wood filler, uh, some it's called a GB well quick quick wood to fill that in well that changes everything about the bow it changes the knock height significantly it changes um you know if if you don't have the grip just right it's torquing it one way not the other and arrows that used to be like you know showing just slightly weak sometimes are now like way way stiff because the way the the pressure like pulls down into my palm when i actually grip the thing you know so bowyers do know more than just kind of whittling away a little bit of wood and putting a string on it um i'm kind of going through that right now i'm learning all of this stuff and a learning process for, for the trad side, uh, A, I hope it never stops, but it's been, you know, years. Um, and I didn't get this far this quickly or this slowly with the compound. The compound was a lot quicker. Um, and once it's, like I said, once it's tuned, you kind of know a few things. Okay. You're there with, with the trad side for me, especially with shooting, especially with my form, especially with my release, it's so much dependent upon you. And that really, really attracts me to it. Now, I have not shot anything with my traditional bows. I shoot almost every day with my, whether it's in at home, um, you know, I got like 13 yards in my basement I can shoot. Even if it's just like one or two shots, just to stay kind of current, like do like the one shot in the morning or the, the one shot, you know, at night and make it count. Um, I do that. I don't really have a desire to pick up my compound and just, and just shoot like a shot. It, it, it interests me not even a little bit. Um, I may go out, you know, once or twice this year with uh, with my compound. I don't know. Uh, I do like taking it small game hunting. Like I said, I love that satisfaction of being pinpoint accurate, you know, picking a squirrel off a tree at 30 yards. I love that. That gives me lots of satisfaction. As far as deer hunting, I don't know. I pick, I carried it a couple times last year. Um, and definitely the second time I had it in my hand, I'm like, man, I really wish I'd taken my recurve out. You know, I thought I was set up in a spot where I might be able to take like a longer shot cuz I'd been to that area before, but it was months before, it was like near like mid to late season. And I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my compound cuz I might have a better longer shot here. And once I actually got to where I was going and I really looked around and the perfect tree that I wanted to be sitting in, I'm looking around going well this I didn't see anything that day, but the sign, you know, coming by that tree was like under under like 10-12 yards. So, it's not like I would have gained anything with my compound. It's, if you're set up on the right spot, you're set up on the right spot. It's not like they're walking through the middle of the field and I'm going to pick this thing off at 50 yards or 40 yards away. So I thought, man, I could have just had my recurve in my hand. Plus, I like having that in my hand. I don't know. I, I just like carrying it. It's lighter. The feeling I get is a completely different feeling, and, and it's tough to describe. It's tough to describe. I like my compound, but I love my recurves. So I don't know if I'm going to take it out this year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I really want to get a, a turkey here in about a month and a half, um, but I'm probably going to be taking my my, my bows for that. I I really do. I mean, I'm like I said, pinpoint with that with that uh, compound now. But who knows? I don't know. I, I'm I'm not ready to completely give it up, but I like hunt as far as just shooting it, but I, in in small game. But as far as hunting, you know, deer and things like that, I really really like. My recurve. Now I like it because it's so hard, because it kicked my ass, and because I've had uh, such a long run with this that uh, you know I want to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, but it's not just the results. I'm not just results oriented. You know, um, you're gonna say, well people that don't shoot anything like to say this, but I, I, am an experienced hunter, right? I I love the experience of hunting. I like being outside. And even if I don't see anything or miss something or don't get a shot on something or, 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 or or blow a stock and a deer starts blowing at me or whatever, it's still an exhilarating experience. It's way better than sitting in front of a TV, you know, or, uh, you know, going shopping at Target, you know, um, it's, 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 there's just so much more there. So I like being outside and I like being outside with this, this traditional, uh, weapon that, you know, I know is just as capable in in most hands as in in any other compound. You just got to be in the right spot you got to hunt a little closer. You got to be a little bit better and you got to be a better hunter. You have to be a better hunter. I'm not necessarily saying you got to be a better person, but you have to be a better hunter. You got to get closer. You got to be quieter. You got to be stealthier. And you know, you, you, your shot opportunities are a lot more limited. And I actually like that. I actually like that. I got skunked all last year. I did not take one shot. I, I blew, I, I made a mistake one time I moved and one time uh, I talked and uh, cause I was making a video and uh, I, I blew deer that probably would have walked by me. That's my fault. But, you know, whether I would have got a shot off or not with my recurve, I don't know. They were going to be pretty damn close. But it has nothing to do with the weapon. But walking in and walking out with it and maybe taking like a a random, you know, stump shooting shot, you know, on the way in or on the way out. I mean, that's really what, what kind of fires me up. And, you know, when I walk by, it sounds weird. My bow's hanging up there. Um, and if you've ever walked by, don't think it's weird. You ever walked by and just kind of caressed your bow, you know, Hey, I'm in the same camp with you. All right. Cause I love like touching these things and I love, you know, just, I want to pick it up and hold it and walk around with it. You know, my, my wife says, you know, if I could bring it into bed and, uh, and, and, and sleep with my, with my bow, um, that I probably would. And she's probably not wrong. So anyway, um, that's kind of been my journey and that's, well, I guess the kind of the, the, the high level uh, reasons why I love hunting with, with with a traditional bow. Even though I am unsuccessful so far with a traditional bow, I really only started carrying that thing uh, past. Uh, I'm gonna say well last year and a little bit the year before, but um, that was during turkey season. Um, I did miss a turkey uh, with my uh, w- with with Sam McSage. I think I had at the time. I will tell that story on another episode. We'll get into like turkey hunting here in, in a few episodes, but. That's uh that that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, I, 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 just love this stuff. I geek out on this stuff, and uh, if you guys geek out on this stuff too, then uh, you know I'd like to I'd like to hear about it. I'd like to hear about your guys's um, uh you know trials and tribulations. And you know if you if you're one of these people that could just pick up a bow and just you know knock a baseball you know size groups at, at, at you know instinctively, um just from the get go, that's great. Or if you can aim and knock it. and and you, you know, it took you like two months and then you were hunting and then you, you harvested your first deer with it. You know what? I'm a little jealous, but you know, that's great, but it's taken me a lot longer. But now that I've gotten here, it's gotten like, like a hundred times easier to just pick up a bow. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hit that spot, you know, and, and I'm within like a couple inches of that spot, you know, out to like say 20 yards. I don't really shoot much farther than that, but doing that gives me, much, much greater uh, satisfaction. gives me much greater satisfaction and I get to tinker and I get to tune. I never stop, you know, even though I've got a great arrow combination, uh, broadhead combination, uh, flight, all that kind of stuff. I'm always still kind of tuning to see if I can do a little bit better. And it's all about lethality for me. It's all about perfect arrow flight for me. And anything I can do to, uh, to make those better and and increase my confidence confidence is huge anything i can do to increase my confidence I'm gonna do and uh, that's why like i said I shoot every day i shoot every day and uh, when I'm gone away uh you know when I'm traveling for work and you know and I'm not at home obviously I don't get to shoot and I really miss it you know um, of course i miss my wife and kid tremendously but you know, second right behind that is like, man, I just want to go home and pick up my bow and fling like an arrow. It's like a drug, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of sad. It's kind of one of those you shoot one, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is what I needed. And, you know, you may get that from your compound. I never really got that from my compound. It was kind of neat, you know, putting it down for a while and picking it up. Okay, I shot a few arrows, but I never really got that like it's a drug kind of thing where traditional it's a drug. I also really like uh, the traditional community. Um, I'm not bad-mouthing or bashing uh, compounds, although there is a lot of infighting, a lot of stuff in the compound, compound world. Uh, a lot of it has gone towards you know big bucks and score and this and that and latest and greatest and blah, 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 blah. And you know, if you're one of these guys that feels you need to pick up a you know, $1,500 bow with $500 accessories every year, Go for it. If you can do that, fantastic. But you know there's something a little more simple, um, a little more like pure in my mind when you're hanging around with, with a bunch of guys who shoot traditional. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I am going to go on a bit of a rant uh, in another episode that i'm I'm trying to formulate the, to not sound so negative, but there is this this contingency, and I'm gonna call them the old crusty curmudgeons that have been uh, shooting Trad. And, they, and they're the trad police and they seem to think that, you know, they have a monopoly on telling people what trad is and what trad isn't and how you should shoot and shouldn't shoot. And, you know, this is cheating and that's not, you know, shut up. I'm going to go into that later. Uh, I don't want to get riled up about it right now. So there is that. But that that's going away, uh, meaning, you know, they're getting old and dying off. But um, there is a there's there's a, a big influx of a younger crowd coming into traditional, which is great. And. Um, and uh, I'm going to say like a transferring of people from compound, um, you know, of all ages that have been shooting compound forever into traditional. That's great, too. Um, but I think when you decide to pick up a traditional bow, you're 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 making a commitment to do something harder and you're accepting the fact that you're probably going to fail. Uh, it's very, very hard. It's a lot more difficult than you know, shooting something at a compound, and a compound's hard, too. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you're, you know, you're, you're I mean, you may be stacking deer. I'm not. But th- when, when you commit to something like this, you are definitely saying to yourself and to the world, and to your hunting buddies or whoever may be listening or even cares, I'm trying to do this a harder way. Um, and as long as you're not trying to cheat the system as far as like, well, I think I'm going to be shooting at 40 yards because I can shoot 40 yards in my compound. I want to be proficient at 40 no, no, I, you know, under 20 yards, dude, I'm sorry. I don't care how fast your, 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 bow is, whether it's a recurve or not. I don't care how quiet you think you are. Um, you know, 20, 25 yards, um, for me is my, you know, would be my, if I were to tell somebody that should be their ethical limit for me. Uh, you know, like I said, 15, 16 yards, like 13 to 50, that's great. Um, going from the 13 yards or even like 15 yards, and going just an extra five yards from 15 to 20 for me, the level of concentration and focus that I need to have, it goes up exponentially in those five yards. It's almost like if you were to compare it to a compound, the the difference between shooting something like a chip shot at 20 yards versus like, uh, for me, uh, 40 yards or 45 yards. I can shoot great groups at 40 yards with my compound. But I'm definitely holding a lot more. I'm definitely, uh, you know, uh, concentrating more, letting my, my my pin float, you know, a little bit better. Um, it's not as quick. So the level of focus and concentration for me from 15 to 20 yards is exponentially more than you would think, only like five extra yards. Five extra yards for me is huge. I can still shoot great at 20 yards, but I got to take my time. 15, you know, 13, 15 yards, I can take a whole lot less time and bang. It's, it's uh, you know, like kill zone shots and I've got great groups and I'm, I'm there where I want to be. It's just uh, that much harder. And the fact that it's that much harder I would hope attracts a better class of hunter. Now, I know we're all supposed to be in this, you know, one, one big uh, uh, one big boat family, you know, if someone, you know, you're supposed to support everybody and no matter if it's legal, no matter what, you do, no, I, I'm sorry, I don't buy that, that's a bunch of crap. Just because something legal doesn't mean that it's okay or that I agree with it or that it should be legal. And I will, I, I've been guilty of, of calling out people or or, or or saying, hey, I don't agree with this or I don't like the way you hunt um, whether it's my place to say or not, I don't care. Someone's like, who the hell are you? Well, you know what? I'm just a guy with an opinion, but if I don't think it's, I don't, if I don't think it's right, I'm going to say, I don't think that's right. That's just me. So if you're getting into this and if you're getting into traditional and you're wanting to be like, yeah, I want to shoot my, um, you know, I want to shoot, but I want to shoot my, my deer at 35, 40 yards. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be, I'm going to try and dissuade you, uh, a lot. I'm not going to be on your side cheering for you. Um, if you're, If you're getting into this and you're going to say, well, you know, I really, really want to get close and I want to be a better hunter. I want to be in the right tree instead of like in the right area. I want to be in like the right tree because that is the one or two trees in this entire whole area that I can actually get a good shot off with my with my traditional bow. Then you're going to be a better hunter. Uh, if, If you're going to be the guy that's going to say, I need to be, you know, I need to find this this. You know, better sign. You got to be better at finding sign, and better at reading where um, you know the travel is going to be, and when they're making that travel, and all this kind of stuff. You know, you need to be a lot closer to the action when the action comes to you. And with the traditional bow, yeah, you're going to have to be, or else you're going to watch deer walk by at like forty, you know, forty yards, fifty yards. You may be able to pick them off with a compound, but I mean, they may as well be five, five miles. With, with with a with your with your trad bow. So if you're getting into the right reasons, I'm 100% in your corner and I think I'm going to say this and don't don't take offense to anybody else, but I think you're a better better class of hunter. I think you most of those guys are are, are better stewards uh, of the land. They're not in it for horn porn, they're not in it for, you know, antlers on the wall or bragging rights or insta, you know, any insta famous anything. They're in it because um, they enjoy the experience of hunting with a traditional bow and being even more in tune with nature. You know, we, you know, I, I'm a rifle hunter too. You know, once I, I go out, I think last year I went out once. Uh, I was only able to go out once, didn't see anything. I got my muzzle loader, which is damn near a, a rifle. It's a Thompson Center impact. I like muzzle loader season. Um, and I'll carry my muzzle loader if I, you know, w- when I can, because I want Honestly, I'll be honest. I want more meat, um, but you know we always say that you know it's a cheater stick, right? A rifle's a cheater stick, and that you don't really have to be a very good woodsman to uh, to shoot something with a rifle, especially a scoped rifle. Um, you know, with my 30-06, you know it's a Savage Axis 30-06. I shot two years ago. I shot 189 yards was my longest shot. You know, went straight down. You know, there wasn't a lot of hunting involved in it. Um, you know, I've shot stuff with my muzzle loader at 25 yards. Uh, again, not a lot of hunt. You know, they just happen to walk by. But then we, you know, go to the to the compounds. It's like, okay, you got to be more of a woodsman to shoot with with a bow. And then when we go into to the traditional bows, now to me, you got to be even more of a woodsman to shoot with a traditional bow because you just got to get even just that much more closer. Um, the bows aren't as compact. Uh, your your shots are a little more limited so you know those are the things those are the things that I look for that give me joy walking around in the woods and if I come home empty-handed well you know I'm gonna be cliche I'm really not empty-handed because I enjoyed nature and you know learned something and and you know heard you know heard the birds chirp or saw something cool or, or, or learned something in nature and that's not lying I did all of that stuff is very very important to me I really love all that stuff um, do I want venison? Do I want meat in the freezer? Yep. Did I get skunked uh, completely in all seasons last year? Yep. Didn't shoot anything in archery. Didn't shoot anything in rifle. Didn't shoot anything in muzzle loader, Didn't shoot anything late season. Nothing. I didn't even shoot a squirrel last year. But I did learn a tremendous amount. I learned a tremendous amount with, with carrying my trad bow, uh, going deeper into certain places, um, setting up mobile uh, better than I have before. I'll get into my mobile setup um, again in, in another in another podcast, but I learned just an incredible amount, and the confidence I've built just in this past year, even in the past six months, shooting my trad bows, is you know exponentially more than you just a year ago, and it's even more exponentially more than like you know three year, you know three four years ago when I first picked up the thing, and was literally ready to just like like scrap it and junk it. So. Anyway, uh, I'm going to end this podcast here. Um, just gives you a little bit more about what, what makes me tick in, uh, in bow hunting why I love traditional bow hunting, while I don't hate compounds or, uh, or, or compound guys, but, uh, I do like, I do like the class of people that like to try a little bit harder and are a little more respectful of, of the game and the wilderness and are just happy to be out there. So anyway, um, Spread the word about this episode. This is episode uh, number two. Again, we have a Bowhunting Soul Facebook group. Go join that. I'd love to hear some interaction and uh, go and check out our uh, merchandise. We're on um, Amazon, Amazon Merch Store. Uh, I believe we're under Stick Shirts there. You can, uh, the the way they list it, it's kind of hard, but we're also on Teespring, and you can look at storefronts and you can type in Stick Shirts, like S-T-I-C-K shirts, and uh, some of the bow hunting stuff will um, uh, t-shirts and apparel and things like that will uh, will come up there so please like and share share and subscribe this go watch the YouTube videos bow hunting uh, soul I go in depth into a lot more of this stuff that uh, that I talk about and I'll talk to you guys next week thanks